three weeks ahead of schedule now. So like, I think we, we still... were. I think we were only two weeks ahead of schedule. But yeah, I, we... I just I just invented an episode that I pulled out of my ass. So maybe now we're three weeks. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, we need we need some some episodes in the can. And I was like, hey, I bet Zach would like to like you know uh, shill his own show. So let's do a show about that. Yeah. Why not? Sure. <laughs> So just so you know, you're being used. You're, I, you're, you're being used and recorded. I don't mind. <laughs> just thought we'd be upfront. I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want your 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 view of fan holes as a uh, uh, cog perfect running operation to be disrupted. <laughs> Uh, hey, even two weeks ahead is more ahead than I've ever been on any of my projects. So, <laughs> uh, well, the gears are running perfectly. You've got plenty of oil, and nothing's going to fall apart. So, I'm I'm recording. Uh, do you want me to bring us in, like, do the intro, and then just to confirm, we're we're all sharing a toy that makes us happy right that's that's the game plan right yes okay oh crap i brought a toy that infuriates me well i, I have questions for you guys because since since you couldn't dig them up for for like a live recording i was like how happy can the toy possibly make <laughs> you if you don't actually like are, if you're not able hey, to well, have my, it on my your stuff person is in storage yeah, I but if it's bothered to how it is it making you? I'm like I'm 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 doing my Jerry Seinfeld. How is it making you happy in storage? You know, like it's I don't I, making him happy to know that it's safe in storage. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. That well, I possess personal it. experience stuff in storage. You can still somehow lose it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Didn't 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 one of you get your storage thing ripped off or messed up or something? Or am I remembering somebody else? I don't know. I was trying to think of, I don't know. Anyway, no, my, yeah, mine's been fine. Like, okay, I feel like somebody. I've, I feel like somebody on Bot Talk was like, my storage thing got ripped off or whatever. I think Big Country said that at uh, some point, like okay. his stuff got like ripped See, off. That sucks. Anyway, yeah. I I thought we were doing a retrospective on the banana split, so I'm gonna have to leave this episode. You you didn't you <laughs> didn't you didn't prepare. You, you, why don't you give us your uh, one sentence synopsis on the banana splits, Justin? Tra la 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 la. The end. <laughs> all right, all right. Excellent. That's yeah. see. There's another episode. There we go. In the can. It'll, it'll, it'll only be thirty seconds. That sounds like the Space Goose theme. In <laughs> the can. With your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan holes. Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, a Bashir episode. <laughs> uh, ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no, I have no eyes. <laughs> Nobody's going to relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. 
like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us, because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. Of course, I'm not alone tonight. I'm joined by both Mike and Justin. We three, Fan Holes, are not alone. Here to throw tomatoes at me in person is a very special guest. We've got Zach on the call, a.k.a. Steeljaw for Botok. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, how's it going? I don't think I've ever gotten to throw tomatoes at you in person. Every yeah, yeah. time we've talked, I've been civil. Okay, okay. Well, I do I mean, find yeah. it amusing when I listen to the show and all of a sudden my name's being thrown out there like, and Zach's going to throw st- uh, tomatoes at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe maybe it'll, maybe tonight's the night. You know, you never know. Maybe maybe tonight's the night. So so we're here because because you started a new project. We 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 decided to get together and and we kind of want to tell the world about your new project but who better to tell the world about your new project than you so what why don't you take a minute and tell us what you've been working on lately and then this kind of dovetails into sort of the theme of our episode tonight sure so my last project died um, <laughs> it uh bored with friends i've gone on and talked about that before uh we kind of ended the show and i needed something else to do and i've I don't know if you guys remember, but I've loved dabbling in stop motion animation, uh, but I didn't want to dedicate all my time to just doing that. So I was trying to think of a way to do something that contributes to the fandom, but also I get to still dabble in those things that I like to do. And I've been watching a lot of toy reviews online, and it just seemed like a lot of people tend to blast on you know, particularly Transformers, they tend to like focus on the negatives and really like talk about what's wrong with the toys rather than what is nice about them. And I said, I got a lot of toys that just make me happy. I think it would be nice to have a positive show about talking about figures that make me happy, that I like. It doesn't have to be about the most, the, the new hotness, the current toys that are out there. It could be about anything. Uh, and that's where the name came from. Uh, the YouTube show is called This Toy Makes Me Happy. And I just styled it on talking about mainly anecdotal style reviews, what the history is with the toy to me, what it means to me, if anything. And I sprinkle in some stop motion animation, if I can, with the figures uh, to try to make it, you know, pop a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's your your hook, your special thing, right? Because because yeah. you were you were doing that way back, but then it's fun to watch. I mean, and I, I think it's a good philosophy too. Like, I mean, a lot of these guys are chasing the dragon; they're trying to you know get the newest toy before it gets released and all this stuff, and get the most clicks for the most reviews. And your reviews just seem to be about. You know, I, I know Shag on the Fire and Water says it all the time, but like finding your joy and you're like, dude, this toy makes me happy. And and so it's it's definitely refreshing. It's fun to watch. I think I'm current. Like, I think I've seen all the episodes. I, I remember digging the Goldbug one and then kind of, you know, it's funny because I don't I don't keep up with all the current Hasbro toys. So you, you almost sold me where I was like, oh, damn, yeah, he's right. This Goldbug figure is pretty cool. And then I was like, oh, it's part of like a four pack and it was a pain in the ass for everybody <laughs> to get, you know, so I was like, oh, never mind. Forget that shit. But 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 yeah, I mean, it, it was it was fun watching those reviews and everything. So I I appreciate it. I and, and that's kind of why we all, you know, when we were talking about it, we were like hey why don't we have zach on again and then we were like hey why don't we you know why don't we talk about his new project and then all of us here 
can sort of partake, you know, in, in the fun, right? We can all, we, we decided, oh, we'll all bring to, to this podcast a, a toy that makes us happy. I was, I was uh, quickly vetoed. I, I said, well, why don't we do something where, you know, maybe we can use both. Like maybe we can all go live and kind of show the toy, you know, shove it up into the camera and, and, and show people the toy. But um, I guess Mike and Justin both said that their toys were in storage. So I was making fun of them because I was like, how can the toy make you happy if it's in storage? But I've since been told that if it's in storage and it's safe in storage, then it can also make you happy. So that's that's what I was told. It's where no one can hurt it. Except maybe rats or bugs. So I have so, a lot of bugs in my storage containers. It's creepy. So, Mike, what, as as what what toy is it that makes you happy while it's fending off bugs and rats in storage? <laughs> Hey, it's in a. I think it's in a plastic baggie wherever it is because it has a ton of accessories. Nice. But, uh, yeah, what I brought and I'll post. A, I've got. I found the best picture I could of it online. It's from all the way back in two thousand and one. This is the. This it would technically be called, and I, I consciously tried to not do a transformer because I was like, oh well, you know, we always do transformers. Mm-hmm. So I picked. My other favorite fighting robot franchise. This is the MSA Gundam with Core Booster. Like, it was never called MSA over here, or MSIA, Mobile Suit in Action. It was called in Japan. This this is the U.S. release in, like, 2001, where they were, like, really trying to, like, push Gundam in the U.S. You know, this was a time when you could walk into Walmart or any other place and there was like a full, and you can kind of do that nowadays, but for a long time you couldn't, but there was a full, like, you know, giant range of Gundam toys. And, you know, this was after wing like made Gundam popular. And then they released the original one on cartoon network and they had a like full range of like, you know, the mobile suit Gundam, like the original series toys, like, I don't know, the original, the first ones they released were, like, even the ones for Wing weren't, like, the best. Like, they were kind of, like, not well-painted and not, like, really uh, articulated and, like, I don't know. Like, it was a weird time for, like, anime-based toys. Like, it's like, we didn't get all the stuff that Japan got. But, uh, like, like 2001 rolled around and they started, like, really, like, saturating these in stores. Like, they, they released a bunch of stuff from the original, like, series and... This this was like they they had like a deluxe edition version of all these figures and this was I think like the, the like the price on the shelf at Walmart I think it was only like ten bucks and like you know just looking at this package like man like it makes me like it makes you nostalgic for what you could get for like ten bucks back in the day basically because <laughs> like the figure is about I don't know like four inches tall but uh maybe a little taller like no i think four inches is probably right but uh like not only do you get a super articulated like pretty well painted gundam figure but he and this is always a a a, like uh sticking point for any like toy i used to get is can it do and pose like can it do everything and pose 
in every way it could on the show, and this figure could. Like, it's super, you get a super articulated Gundam figure. He has two beam sabers. The hilts actually detach from the backpack and, like, plug into the sabers. There's no, like, cheating, like, or anything. He's got the javelin, the beam rifle, the f- bazooka, the shield, the freaking Gundam hammer, like, made chain. And on top of all that, came with the core booster, too. And that was all for, like, 10 bucks. And I, I still, like, I kind of got rid of a lot and sold a lot of my MSIA, like, you know, be they American or Japanese versions. And I still have, like, a lot of, like, the, the like, successor series was, like, Robot Damashi. And, like, you know, I've talked about that on the show before. And, like, I have a lot of those now. But, like, MSIA was the place to go if you were too lazy to build, like, models and stuff. I, I still have this, like, I know... I, I think, you know, Derek, I know you hate accessories and shit, but, like, this this is all in, like, a little plastic baggie so I don't mm. lose anything. And, like, it came with, you know, all the, like, the I think the right amount of accessories. It came with everything it needed to do to replicate anything it could do on the show except for, you know, you know, combined with the G armor or something like that. And also, it you know, it has, like, two swappable hands for, like, you know, trigger finger hands beam saber hands and i think like fist hands and that was it and like you know he was super articulated he was i think i was like tickled because he had like an ab crunch and that was kind of rare with those figures and like you know he could kind of like get into all these crazy poses and stuff and like i don't know like whenever like like speaking to the theme of this show is like whenever i had him on my desk and stuff like no matter how many like new versions of like, you know, the RX 78 they would make. Like I always went back to this one and like, you know, said, man, that was the best one just for the, for the sake of the value I got for what I paid for it. I don't know. Did any of you have any of these figures or this one in particular? I don't think I had that one in particular. I did have, I had ARX 78. I don't know if I had this particular one. Cause I don't remember having the core booster. But I did buy a few of these back in the day. Like um, they came out with a battle damage series that I had a few of. I remember that. I think I had um, a couple from Gundam Wing. Almost certain I had an RX seventy nine because I really liked that series that it was from. That was one of my favorite shows to watch from Gundam. But I definitely had a lot of the model kits. I, I was I was the guy who would sit there and build the model kits. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I can build model kits, but, like, back in the day, I, like, I think I had built some wing model kits, and I was kind of like, oh, these are okay, but I'm not very good at it. So, like, then I just kind of switched over to action figures, and, like, you know, I'll still occasionally build a model, but I think I definitely prefer just having something pre-made for me. I remember when Gundam Toys hit, and I was surprised that it was almost all model kits at first. I'm like, where are the action figures? Why can't I just buy the one I saw on the show? What is this nonsense? Uh, but eventually I got into it. Yeah. Like, I, I had a few of those, like, battle-damaged ones, too. But I, I feel like that's what killed the line in the U.S. Because those were, like, towards the end, those were, like, really, like, you know, shelf-clogging. And, like, you know, no one wanted the battle-damaged ones. Like, and I found, like, whole, like, you know, pegs worth of those, basically. Like, I got lighters. I could battle-damage this myself. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I had things from this era, but I don't think I ever bought any of these deluxe edition mobile suits or or MSIA suits or anything like that. 
I have the Amuro, the Char, and the Sela, like those little kind of PVC figures that they released. And I also got the Gundam Banks, like the the Zaku, you know, Char Zaku and, and the RX-78. And you, you stick them together and they, you know, sword fight and clash and everything like that. And I still have all those. It, it, they all survived the Great Purge. Sadly, I was trying to move some of them off the shelf, and I think I KO'd the Beam Saber. Like, it was it was fine for many, many years, but I think I just recently broke the Beam Saber when I was trying to move it to a different shelf, and it fell off its little stand or whatever, and I tried to grab it, but it was, it, you know, it was too late. Maybe I can try to repair it or fix it or something like that, but, you know, it, it, it was kind of a break so i could probably just you know crazy glue it back on or something like that but i haven't i haven't made the time to do that yet but i mean i i guess i was more you know i don't know i i think i was more intrigued by like the the little figurines and stuff like that and and i i kind of like that since the mobile suits were big you know those banks you know they were they were pretty large figures and i think they were on clearance at the time so it made sense to get those to me but and and I guess to defend myself, I mean I don't I don't hate accessories, but I do hate <laughs> that I, I sometimes these days I just hate that there's like so much shit and and I I get frustrated with the idea that I personally will not use all that stuff. So it's like you know to me it's like you know you you say like oh I'd love to make the pose you know, uh, that, that they can do in the show. Like, like to me, I'm like, if I could get him with his trigger hand and his beam rifle, and he could be doing the same pose he's doing on the package of the box. And then I posed him on a shelf. Like to me, that's it. Like I'm done now. Like, like I don't need any of the other stuff. Right. And then, and then what happens to it? You stick it in a baggie and then you never use it again. So, and, and, and I, I find that that's even true of, you know, I mean, especially true of high end things, whether it's imports or like, you know, I to me, I'm thinking of all the fans toys I bought recently. You know, it's like I, I transformed them into dinosaur mode. I'm never fucking transforming them ever again. Like so the the, the Dinobot swords and rifles and extra faces or whatever the fuck, like all that stuff is just it's in a bag. It's never going to get fucking used like they're going to be. You know, a T-Rex, uh, uh, you know, Triceratops, uh, uh, Brontosaurus, you know, they're going to be all that stuff forever, you know, so it's like, I don't know, like sometimes that frustrates me because I'm like, oh, well, part of the value of this is that other stuff. But for, for me, sometimes I'm kind of like, it almost feels like you need to buy like eight of these MSI eight suits, right? And then have one with the javelin have one on the core fighter have one with the shield have one with the bazooka have one with the beam rifle have one with the axe you know and then and then somehow you get like the full range of what you're supposed to appreciate you know almost like you're doing a you know an after image thing where it's like the gundam in every possible configuration you could make it you know within all those accessories but I mean, I'm sure other people, they're like, you know, oh, they have fun, right? They, they change up their shelf, and part of, part of them changing up their shelf is to swap out the hands and, and change up the accessories and make it look like a different toy, almost like a brand new toy. But I know me, I'm 
too lazy to do any of that shit. So like that's 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 just my hang up or whatever. But I don't hate accessories, but sometimes I you know, sometimes I can be overwhelmed by them, I think is what it is. It's like, oh Jesus Christ, like how many of these things are there? Like how many times do I have to swap the hands? Like how many faces does this figure art have you know like like how many hands does this ultra act figure have you know like what why do they need all these hands like you know that like that kind of thing I, I think the hands are always the big sticking point like i'd agree with that like you don't need like a pointing hand and a like you know karate chop hand and a like you know uh, like I some mean, of those hands it's like you're never going to use like. i mean i mean it's it's nice to have the option but even if even if my thing was okay i want the one pointing hand because i don't know it's a heroic lead figure and they're they're pointing their their colleagues into action well then okay then then i'm done right like i'm not gonna you know put it in anything else and then and then there's the aspect that you're talking about you put them in all these plastic baggies because you're constantly afraid you're gonna lose shit and you know i kind of gave up on that too because i you know i wish i had the foresight like like i saw one guy do it this way which i thought was clever where he would take his marvel legends and you know how they have like the little faces to tell you like oh you know i don't know century has this arm of the build-a-figure and you know i don't know uh, thor has this arm of the build-a-figure or whatever and he would cut all those out with scissors and put them in the plastic bag with like the extra hands and the extra lightning bolts and the shit that he wasn't using and then when he went back into his bin it's like oh it was super easy because he goes oh the this this bag with this shit goes with this person and you know having to you know resell figures and go back through these bags of hands and stuff i was like oh i don't is this spider gwen's hand i don't know like you know i'm just like just sell it all you know like whatever like you know that kind of thing so i get it i have a bin under my desk that i just throw the extra parts in like i've dabbled in a few of the lightning collection power rangers and mm. i have a few dc direct figures and i even like when you were talking about it the third party figures especially like i looked up on my shelf and was looking at uh ZDef, I think that's what it oh, is from yeah, Master yeah, Mind Creations. Yeah. And he came with all these extra mm -hmm. parts. I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. never going to use any of this stuff. Yeah. But it's nice that it's there for the yeah. people who want him to be able to hold his chain mace or for him oh, to yeah. be posed with a gun or whatever. It's just so that they don't have to sell it multiple times. Like, this yeah. set is really cool. Because to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I would pose it with the beam saber. But also with the rifle. That's kind of cool, too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of different options there. I don't know if I would change it all that much. But I like that I have the options all in one box rather than having to buy four different versions just to get the one accessory I wanted with it, you know? No, that's that's good because you're you're bringing the positive slant to it that I probably wouldn't, right? Like there there's that you you have the option of variety and you're only buying one toy instead of, you know, like like the old uh, you know, even even the the DC Universe classics that I used to buy, you know, sometimes the variant was a figure with a different head, right? And you'd be like, yeah. well, now these days, it's like they release one figure and you can swap out the head, right? And, you, you, you know, if you, if you really wanted to, you could buy two figures and have them both side by side, you know, one, I don't know, masked and one unmasked or, you know, whatever the variation is. But, you know, it, 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 I guess to some degree, maybe it's, you know, better than, than, you, you don't automatically have to buy two of the same thing, right? So that's that's definitely a positive spin on it. Justin, what did you have this guy? I didn't have this version with all the accessories, but I had like the normal one, and I still got him somewhere. Like the only thing he has left is his beam saver, 
but I had several figures from this line. And I mean, to your, what you were saying, like, yeah, my memory is that, that later on it was all like battle damage stuff, like clogging the line. And I was, you know, I was never really into that. Kind of like you, you guys were saying, like, I could damage it myself. Like, I don't, I don't want that. It might be a fun display to build, like some kind of battle scene or something, but I, I didn't really want to do that. I just wanted like normal wing zero, not like battle damage, like missing an arm and a wing, wing zero or any of that stuff. But I, you know, I was super into Gundam for a long time and I had a lot of these figures, but most of them didn't survive. They, I lost a few in moves. I traded some away. I sold a bunch to a toy store and got some store credit, but yeah, like I, I had a lot of affection for this line. Though I know you, like you and Zach probably build models more than I do. So like, I'm like, and I'll take my filthy action figures when it comes to Gundam. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I haven't built one in a long time, but when I was going through my bins looking for something to talk about on this episode, I found a bin full of model kits and they are, I mean, they're so fun to build and they're incredibly posable, especially the, the Gundam ones but it's surprising how they are not that durable and they did not survive moving to this house a few years ago, some of them. So I got to like mm. scramble and look for all the parts that fell off and things. Yeah. We, we had a few earthquakes here and I went into the garage recently just cause I was moving stuff around and I, 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 I one, I was sort of impressed how many things were still standing, but then I also was kind of like looking at the stuff that like took shelf dives and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm shocked because I'm like, I, I, I would fully expect all these DC Direct figures to like break, but it doesn't look like many of them broke. They just, they all sort of took shelf dives or, you know, like one, one guy fell over and it was like a domino effect because, you know, you have this, I don't know, I, I have a lot of stadium type you know, displays and stuff like that. So then if one guy falls over, then they, they topple over like the other guys in a, you know, ricochet or a whatever, you know, domino effect. And, and, and they all sort of go tumbling down different shelves and stuff like that. The year UC-79, the first Gundams are developed. The armor's in plain old titanium alloy. And there, here, gun area. Federation versus the Principality of Xeon. 360-degree panoramic cockpit changed everything. Gundam GPO-2, codename Vice Force. The rivalry between a mural and a sinister star. 59 feet from ground to antenna. January 1, UC-80. Are you prepared to enter the saga of Gundams? Gundam action figures, dozens to choose from. Each sold separately from Bandai. Visit GundamOfficial.com. So yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll go next. Here, I've got both for you guys. There's a link to what I decided to bring for the toy that makes me happy. And this figure was released in 1998. It's the Graffiti Designs Madman figure. And I guess the main reason why I isolated the, the era was because this is kind of like... I don't know, this is kind of like a missing link for me, because I think, you know, pre-1998, I certainly had a lot of superhero toys. I mean, I started with things like superpowers and secret wars that I adore, that make me happy and, you know, are very strong with the nostalgia for me. And then continuing on, you know, you had Toy Biz figures and Kenner Batman figures and Kenner Superman figures and Total Justice and all this other kind of stuff. But the the key thing among most of those, you know, Toy Biz Marvel, X-Men, what have you, you know, these were 
at best, you know, what, five points of articulation, maybe seven points of articulation. Like they, they, they weren't super articulated with maybe a few exceptions. Like maybe there was like that one super articulated Spider-Man or that one Halloween Jack figure from X-Men 2099 where they had like the ball sockets and you're like, holy crap, this can really articulate and you were all shocked and everything but with you know besides those outliers the the toys weren't very articulated and i think you know most people make the leap to like oh then after that you had the nice sculpts with dc direct and then you know with with marvel legends or spider-man classics or whatever you want to call them you know you had all these highly super articulated figures and I just kind of thought, like, this figure in particular, I mean, there were three figures in the line. It was, like, the the Hunter Rose, Grendel, Mage, and Madman. And I think there were, like, other waves, but I, I don't know that I'm that familiar with the follow-up waves. I think some of them were just, you know, variations, like a repaint of Madman or, a, you know, a different look for some of the figures. And then I think there was, like, a Hellboy figure and some other stuff. And... Here he is. And and the other thing, too, is he's kind of like a Mego-sized figure, too. So I guess if people had nostalgia for you know, the old Mego line and superheroes, you know, maybe... So this looks like an 8-inch figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is an 8-inch figure. And so, like, I mean, I've seen customs where they've taken this figure and they've actually given him, like, a cloth costume to sort of mock him up to look more Mego ish or whatever and then like he's got a bunch of cool i mean you know dare i say he's got a bunch of cool accessories but you know why this works for me mike look, look at all these bandoliers and belts and shit like he's got a big rifle but guess what he's got a sheath and he can hold it he's got four guns but look he's got holsters for all four of them and he can hold the you know, in his hands and stuff like that. So, like, what I loved about this was that, yes, he had a bunch of cool accessories, and I can, you know, I can swap them out and put put them in the holster, or I can take out the kind of ginchy-looking orange gun or whatever and put it in his hand, and like, you know, he can he can fire that gun or whatever, and and he can do the same stuff, right? But you know, he, he can hold all of his his accessories basically on his person, which I think is brilliant. And then I guess the reason why I brought up like the Toy Biz era and, and other, you know, past eras of retro toys is, I mean, the, his arms have ball sockets. They can rotate 360 degrees. He's got like swivels and he can, you know, rotate his elbow at a 90 degree angle. And you can, you can't rotate his... um hands or anything like that so it's not quite that advanced and he can't quite do the splits you know he can't quite you know kick that high or whatever so there is some limitations but i mean for the time for 1998 he was an incredibly articulated figure and i mean for details and accuracy i mean this this was all signed off on by all these individual independent creators and stuff like that so you know mike alred probably signed off on the madman and matt wenner probably signed off on the grendel and the the mage and all that stuff so you know for the most part i'm like thinking like the you know these are all very true to the the source material the original figures and everything like that and and then the other main reason why i picked it was because 
this is some this is what is my figure from 1998 that I bought way back then. So this too did survive the great purge somehow and and was still, you know, in my collection. So it's not something I I, you know, went back out and reacquired after I did a bunch of purges of action figures and this and that. It's it's the same one I've always had. Uh, it kind of brings a smile to my face. I, it's funny because I've tried to buy other Madman action figures since this. And for whatever reason, even if they scale better with other toys I have, I still kind of come back to this one and think that it looks really cool. And it does kind of elate me and make me happy. So that's that's kind of why I picked it. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys were familiar with this or came across these. like Because I think I bought it at a comic shop because it was like more of a, you know, like, again, sort of like the DC Direct figures. It was kind of like more of something that you'd come across in a direct market comic shop than you would in a toy store. Uh, I've never even heard of the line, but it does look like something from DC Direct or, or like a Marvel Legends kind of mm -hmm. style. Mm-hmm. Uh, early to that and yeah those are fun to have like you pick a comic book character whether it's obscure or well-known or whatever and to have these statuesque you know they're posable but they're you know highly detailed that you can put on a shelf or put on your desk or something like i recently got to since we got sent home from work when covid started um they finally like packed up our stuff that was on our desks and we got mm. our stuff back and i got my uh, DC Direct, Green Arrow, and oh, the question okay. figures. So I was reunited after two years of you know these figures You're sitting on a desk in Providence. <laughs> those were the and, the DC Universe Classics ones, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, DC Universe yeah. Classics. I was like, because I don't think they made a question in DC Direct, but yeah. yeah he was a weird exclusive, and uh, I, you know, I chased after those, because those are characters yeah. that I really love. So if mm -hmm. it's a character that you, you know, you read, it doesn't matter if other people do it or whatever, it's, you know, it means something to have it, you know, uh, a piece like that so you can have it on a shelf and you always remember it because it was one of your first what, what about you guys mike justin do you, how do you um call these or anything what did you say like 1998 mm -hmm. like when was madman created uh probably in the early 90s because there um, I, I don't remember the exact date but like it's kind of complicated because because his he the the character like Frank Einstein that is created like when he first shows up he doesn't wear a costume or anything so he's actually like you know this reanimated person and everything like that so it's like I, I forget what the the comic is called but you know it's like Frank Einstein shows up first and then later he's got like a three issue Mad yeah, Man series like, and I think I think that was like ninety three I want to say yeah I was just wondering like on the turnaround on that figure because like well I feel like you know late nineties and stuff like you know with the surge was, of like Im image comics it's like all these independent yeah. guys like were I mean by then by then Madman was part of that whole legend imprint I think like when when they got all those guys at Dark Horse to come together and. And, you know, it was like Frank Miller was doing Sin City and John Byrne was doing The Next Men and Mike Mignola was doing Hellboy and Concrete and, you know, Paul Chadwick was doing Concrete and all, all those guys. Right. And I think Madman was kind of, you know, part of that, uh, you know, I don't know wave of guys or whatever. And then and then if you think about it, I, I want to say when this figure came out, it was fairly close to when the Superman Madman Hullabaloo was coming out too. And I, I you know, I, I would think that if people didn't know who Madman was, like after he teamed up with Superman in a comic, at least there'd be 
a wider audience that that would have known who he was at that point. Yeah, I just I remember like Wizard at the time kind of like taking a derisive attitude towards like, you know, the toy biz, like Marvel mm-hmm, stuff and mm-hmm. like the yeah, so they'd be like, "Oh, these, you know, you got to get these independent." Like, you know. Well, I mean, they did that with everything basically. Like, you know, the comic books, the toys or whatever. It's like these independent guys are like churning out like quality products, like and you know, Marvel and DC are all corporate and shit. So, you know, buy these like specialized figures. I mean, it's interesting cuz I guess, you know, most people attribute the the nice sculpting of current toys to Todd McFarlane, right? Because, you know, and, and then, you know, part of that's derisive, right? Because you, you have, you know, the, the, the camps that say, oh, well, it's not really an action figure. It's just a nice plastic statue, you know, cause it doesn't, you know, the spawn figures early on didn't articulate all that much, yada, yada, yada. That was, that was part of the give and take. Right. But I mean, I think when, McFarlane did that though then all the other toy companies had to follow suit that's why you got those you know legends of the dark knight line figures where you know they were all from the else worlds and they were all highly sculpted and articulated and you could see like the you know the veins on bane muscles and all this goofy stuff right like because they they were trying to meet that competition head on and you know to me that's why i think this is kind of a missing link because it's like it's you know i mean i guess i guess dc direct started up around 1998 around the same time as this but i mean i think some of the early figures were just like spy versus spy like it wasn't you know it took a couple years before they they started making semi-articulated superhero figures because i think like the first wave it was just like swamp thing and again he was kind of a glorified plastic statue he wasn't much of an action figure so you know i i think it kind of helped usher in certain eras of things that we're used to and probably people now take for granted right like they're all you know when you buy an action figure these days you you expect it to be highly articulated whereas you know i think coming from that era of you know, old school Kenner and Toy Biz figures that only had, you know, what, five to seven points of articulation. Like, you know, this was like revolutionary at the time, you know? Yeah, it's almost disappointing when you pick up something now. It's like, oh, it only moves at the shoulders and the hips. This is ridiculous. Right, right, right. We're, it, uh, uh, an absurd level of riches, right? Embarrassment of riches. Even the modern Transformers, I'm like, what? No ankle tilts on this guy? This is bullshit. <laughs> Transformers! It's the heroic Dinobots, Snarl, Slag, and Grimlock. These massive monsters transform into mighty robots. They'll blast those Decepticons into extinction. Transformers! Transformers Generation 2. Dinobots each sold separately. What about you, Justin? What what did you bring to share with the class? So we're going to go back to the uh, bygone era of Transformers Generation 2. Yes. And I thought that would make you happy. I'm blinded, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know the timeline when all the different moving parts of G2 came out, but I'm pretty sure for me, the first time I encountered the words Transformers Generation 2 was in TV Guide. Like I was just flipping through it one Sunday morning, and I saw the words Transformers Generation 2, and I was like, wow, wait, what? There's a Generation 2? Okay, well, I have to tune in to see this. Like, I love Transformers. Like, I you know new transformers cartoon like i'm there so i tune in and it's a rerun of more than meets the eye like part two or three or something and i'm like 
that, 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 that's okay. Like, you know, TV shows, they do clip shows and stuff all the time. So maybe this was just, you know, like that, right? So I tune in the next week and the next week and the next week. And you know where this is going. There is, there is no Generation 2 cartoon. It's all reruns. And I was like, well, what the hell? And then a little bit later, I remember flipping through a Kmart sales paper. And I was like, I wonder what kind of new toys are out. And I look and I see, you know, Transformers Generation 2. I see Jazz. And I'm like, okay, that looks like the old Jazz. I see G2 Megatron. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Like, I that's what I want. Like a new, new version of Megatron. And he's a tank. He's got electronics. I want that. So a few weeks later, you know, I had to wait. I get to go to Kmart, enter the mall, run into Kmart, go to the toy section. I don't see Jazz. I don't see G2 Megatron. But I see something I'm kind of confused about. I see Generation 2 Grimlock, and he's blue. And I'm excited because it's Grimlock. Like, I love the Dinobots, especially Grimlock, one of my favorite Transformers ever. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. But why is he blue? This is really cool. But why is he blue? I don't understand. So I I don't know. I never figured it out. I bought it. And the, from the mall to the house was usually like a 30-ish minute ride. And I my parents would always kind of get onto me like, don't open your toys in the car. You'll lose accessories. I don't want to hear you crying about it later. So I didn't open the package. So I'm just sitting there the whole like 30-minute ride home just staring at Grimlock in his little package. And I'm like, man, this is going to be so great. We get home. I run to the house, tear him out of that little plastic package and cardboard and everything. And I'm like, this is so cool. And I probably transformed him like 100 times that first day. Like, he's a robot. He's a dinosaur. This is so great. He's got a sword. And, you know, I've told the story before. I didn't have like a lot of Transformers when I was a kid. And most of them were smaller ones like Insecticons and Warpath and Bumblebee and stuff. But having Grimlock, like that was great. Like he was probably one of the biggest Transformers I had. And he immediately like teamed up with Bumblebee to fight Shrapnel and kick back. And I, even though I didn't have Bombshell, I made up a story where Bombshell like mind zonked Warpath and they had to like break in and say Warpath. And, and when Toy Story came out, like I felt really bad because when I was a kid, I was Sid. Like I was really rough on my toys. Like I would, <laughs> I would blow them up with firecrackers. I would set them on fire. Like I had an extra Donatello, and I was like, I wonder what's gonna happen. I threw him up in the air and hit him with a baseball bat, and he just exploded. And I thought that was so cool. Like I set the turtle wagon <laughs> on fire. I was really destructive. My kickback has never been the same since I buried him alive. Like he still has dirt. 30 years later, like in his parts, like I can shake him and you can hear like dirt rattling and he's got dirt encrusted in his joints. Like I've tried over the years, like when I was a kid, I was like, I'll just give him a bath. Well, that's a bad idea. Um, so alive. I was buried alive. So, so I was rough with my toys. I wasn't rough with Grimlock. I treasured Grimlock because I love the character. And, you know, I've had the toy over 30 years now. His gun and his sword, they're long since gone. Some of his decals, they're barely hanging on. But I never, like, attached fireworks to him. I never buried him alive. I never 
hit him with a baseball bat because I love the toy and the character. And, you know, I'm 40 now. I've moved a half dozen times through the years, and I've lost stuff as I've moved along, and, you know, things have got misplaced or stolen or whatever, but I held on to Grimlock, and I still got him, and he's a toy that makes me happy even to this day because I look at him and I think about, you know, finding him in the store and being excited that I found a Grimlock and also confused that he's blue. And I, I'm sure I, like, came up with, like, my own little ideas as to why he was blue. Like, he's got, like, he drank blue energon, and that makes him superpower. Or he, he got, like, affected by some kind of, like, experiment by Bombshell. And, you know, it turned him blue, and everyone's going to laugh at him. And they're going to call him, like, the blue Kool-Aid man of the Dialobots. Like, whatever. But, like, that, that G2 Grimlock is a toy that I, you know, even though I was, like, a destructive kid blowing stuff up, like, I, you know treated him with kid gloves and i still got him to this day that's awesome <laughs> that's just but an I, awesome story but uh i figured like that would get you zach because i know like up to this point on your show like you've had a couple of uh g2 transformers I, I mean and the story itself like that vibes hard with what i try to tell with some of the figures some of the stories that i tell anyway yeah i love g2 and i never had the blue grimlock i had the silver one because the, mm. they did release it in multiple colors like yeah. slag came out in green and red mm -hmm. i think as well as silver they all most of them came out in silver too but i had grimlock and slag from g2 and then i remember that cr that christmas or one afterwards my i mean my parents told her to do it but my grandmother went to toy vault which was the i think it was still lee's collectibles at the time at the province at the at the mall and she got me a sludge. So I, that was the first time I'd ever had the Dinobots. And it was in the 90s. And it's just an awesome feeling, like, getting those for the first time characters. That, especially if you got to watch the show like I did. But all of those characters were long since gone from the shelves. Because I watched it all in reruns, um, being younger. And, you know, you couldn't get the Dinobots. You couldn't get Jazz. You couldn't get, you know, Starscream. I got characters like the first one I talk about in the YouTube channel, Windsweeper. Nobody knows what that windsweeper is, but, you know, that's the kind of, like, cool thing. Like, that was so neat about G2 was all of a sudden these classic characters that I knew from watching the show over and over again on tape, you know, you could get them now again. Even if they weren't the same colors, it was just neat to walk in and see, you know, hey, look, there's Grimlock, there's Megatron, there's Optimus Prime. It was awesome. G2 Grimlock was my first time owning that particular mold, but I think it was my third Grimlock as a character at that point because I had, um, what do they call it, like Legends Grimlock, like the Pretender Shell, like oh, inside yeah. robot Grimlock that they released like at Kmart but without the Pretender Shell. So I had that and I got Action Master Grimlock. And then, yeah, when G2 came out, I was like, oh, finally, I can get like a, a you know, a, a original like, you know, I knew it was like the original toy just recolored, but I was like still happy to have it. And yeah, Justin, like I had the blue one like I, that was the one like blue was my favorite color. So I was like, oh, I was glad I got the blue one like I, I you know, because I knew there were a couple other ones. But yeah, like I, I really like that toy. I like that mold. And uh, I'm surprised, like, they haven't announced, like, a uh, like the studio series Grimlock in G2 colors yet or something. But, yeah, like, that, yeah, I really do love that mold. Well, they they did say, like, somebody found a skew for it, right? So there's a possibility it's coming out. Oh, well, that's good. 
your homework, I thought I saw that somewhere. Your homework assignment is to go home, Mike, and write a mosaic that explains that Grimlock held his breath until his face turned blue. And then <laughs> and then we just need to get like a cutesy Japanese artist to draw it or whatever. Okay. But why was he holding his breath? That's for Mike to decide. Like, <laughs> okay. the, the, the... I'd have lot, to explain lot, why Transformers. Mike yeah. can handle the the the, the details. It's just I was like, plot. then I not... <laughs> I, I, I get me... plot credit. That's it. You're putting me down like a rabbit hole now, because now I have to also explain why Transformers are breathing and like. You know, <laughs> there's just too many too many variables here, Derek. Like. Uh, awesome. This one pager's turned into a seven part series. <laughs> You got a you got a clever clever John Burnett, you know. It's like Grimlock has a cousin, and you know the the, the burglar was really there for Energon. And isn't literally like an anime now called Blue Lock? I could have sworn I saw that like on a YouTube video or something, like someone reviewing like Blue Lock episode one or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was like, that just occurred to me. I was I was gonna call him Blue Lock. Blue Lock. And I, and I was like, I think that's an anime now. Like, okay. It's Fortress Maximus. Fortress Maximus. The colossal headmaster Autobot City. Yeah. The Terracons are attacking. Transform Fortress Maximus. Headmaster Transformers. From city to battle station. But Fortress Maximus transforms again, this time into a robot so humongous a separate robot becomes its head. Its power is awesome! Transformers from Hasbro. So the man of the hour. Zach, what's up? What what oh, it's are, my are turn. we Yeah, are we are we are we talking about a toy that makes Makes you happy. <laughs> Zach's like, hey, I already do the show. I don't have to bring shit to this. Dink well, they, they, that's why. They're like, should we just should we be like, all right, guys, if you want to know more, check out the channel. <laughs> you got to go to the YouTube channel. Get me over fifty views. <laughs> like, I, I like that you you said that the one you started with was Goldbug because that's got the least amount of views. So <laughs> I hope people go and watch that one. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, the one that has the most views, I believe, is uh, G Two Hooligan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why that one's getting more views than everything else, but I don't mind. It's a great toy. No, the bigger I figured uh, I'd pick something that I probably won't do on the show because it's difficult to film this. Um, I have a very small space, so I have to kind of choose the figures wisely. That's why I've been focusing on smaller stuff. Although the one I'm currently working on that you will see on Wednesday, although I don't know when this episode airs, it'll probably be out by then. Actually, the second part to it might be out as well, uh, is a larger figure. But what I chose today was something that is very large. I'll just put a picture in there. Uh, See if it sends. Uh, This is Brave Maximus from Car Robots. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I was like, like, Justin's going to hate you now. Why is that? He he had Uh, to make uh, barrels of monkeys to pretend they were uh, Fortress Maximus. (laughs) So I never had Fortress Maximus as a kid. I always wanted him. I had, you know, my parents used to record G1, the cartoon, on VS for me, and I would watch it over and over and over again. So, you know, that's why I have such an appreciation for season three, because I watched a lot of that. And I always wanted a Fortress Maximus, but obviously never got it. So when in, what was it, 2001, Robots in Disguise was announced as a filler series before Armada hit... I was stoked because I had seen images from car robots and knew that Fortress Maximus was in it. 
And I thought, this is it. This is the time I'm finally going to get a Fortress Maximus. Hasbro's going to lease this thing. And as we all know, they never did because it couldn't pass the safety tests or whatever. So I went on a journey to get my first job solely so that I could earn enough money to order this thing online because <laughs> I wanted this toy so badly at this point. So I was stoked when I finally able to order one. This was the Korean Brave Maximus. Got it on eBay, waited months for this thing to arrive it took like an entire summer to ship and get to my house and i'll still remember the day that it arrived i was like leaving the house to go to work and this gigantic package was sitting on my parents porch and i had just enough time to rip open the packaging stare at the box for a few seconds and then i had to jet to work to get you know get my actual job and do that but I love this figure and I've taken it from, you know, place to place, wherever I move, it's always in a spot and prominence. Even when I moved into this house, like I jokingly put it on the mantle above the fireplace and my wife immediately told me to take it down. Uh, but, you know, I have my own office where I work now and he's just up there in the tallest part of the house, <laughs> yeah, on the tallest shelf in the room, standing over everybody. And I absolutely love this figure. I love the colors. It's just my favorite version of Fortress Maximus. And if you look closely in that picket picture, uh, yes, that is a Miss Piggy Lego figure in his in his little shoulder piece. Uh, but, but he's just it's just so cool. And I love taking it down. My kids play with it like during covid. They had me put it in city mode and they had like all their little figures from different toys and stuff like that. They used it as, as a hotel. I took uh, the Titans Return Trypticon, turned that into city mode and they just like played with it. We did this thing locally during covid where. People were asking locals to put toys in the windows and so that they could drive their kids by and they could wave to like teddy bears and stuff like that. And I said, well, I don't have a teddy bear, but I do have a Fortress Maximus. So I stuck him in the window and had, you know, kids would drive by and wave at it and point at it. And they thought it was great. I had to take it down, though, because the dog kept jumping into the window and he would knock it over. But it's I don't know why Hasbro said it failed the drop test. This thing has been through the ringer and it's still in great condition. I've drained Fortress Maximus. His power is mine now. Huh? What's that? Uh, ah! You are powerless to stop me! Soon the Earth will belong to me, and then the entire universe! <laughs> this story is like Super Secret Brothers for me, because, like, <laughs> it's an ancient uh, tale from the early era of Bot Talk, where, like, kind of like you, I was excited about robots in disguise getting brought over here, because I was like, well, that means we're getting Fortress Maximus. Like, that's going to be great. And we didn't get it. The only difference is I didn't like run out and get a job so I could get it. But I several years later I did encounter it at a toy shop and it was like I don't know three hundred dollars or three hundred fifty dollars and you know the guy uh, like asked the guy to like save it for me because I'd be back in a few weeks and a few weeks turned into a month and I came back that like the guy sold it and I was like you know horribly like dejected for months and depressed and everything. So I never got to own this one, but I. Thanks to the fan holes, like I do have the Titans Return version of Fort Max. On Cybert, the ancient Titans have returned. To control the battle, power up with the Titan Masters. Convert your Titan Master to head mode. You can even take control of Fortress Maximus. Transformers Generations Titans Return. Each figure sold separately. Batteries not included. I never got that version because I couldn't justify it because I owned this one. <laughs> Yeah, we it's just not having a Fortress Maximus was an in joke with us for years and years and years. And <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Fi fi finally, we were like, you know what? We'll be nice, and we all pitched in and bought him a Fortress Maximus. So, yeah. oh, that's a sweet story. <laughs> <laughs> 
was it everything you hoped for? Did it live up to your expectations? It did. Like I, I, I wasn't expecting it at all. And I kind of like, well, your story, like I was told there was a giant package waiting for me and I was like, I, I didn't order anything, much less a giant anything. So I like opened the Amazon box and I see, and I see it says Fortress Maximus. And I'm like, no, I'm like, this is an awful joke. Like this is just a Fort Max box. <laughs> It's gonna be. I was like, it's gonna be full. It's gonna be full of like you know Legos and you know, you know, just jokey stuff. Like that's kind of what I was expecting. I was like, oh man, this is like this is mean. This is harsh. And like, I, I got the box completely out and I picked it up. I was like, this thing's pretty heavy. I think this <laughs> might be real. Oh my god. And then and then um, there was a little note inside. Like one of the guys put in. I think Mike wrote it. It said, Fortress Maximus has come in. So I started laughing. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really great figure. So, so I remember. I I, I, was just I, I I just remember that uh, for his share of that, like Tony paid me in like Marvel Legends or something. Like he sent me like. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was like, uh, "Can I just buy you something?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's fine, you know." And like he he sent me like a Marvel Legends like Iron Fist and uh, someone else, and I was like, "Okay, that's cool." Like, yeah. I was gonna ask Zach because I don't think I caught this if you mentioned it, but what was what was the job you did to get the the funds for the Brave Max? All right, so this would have been two thousand. Around 2002, I think, or 2003. I'm pretty sure at that time I was working at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. It was either Chuck E. Cheese or right before that I was working at a local ice cream shop as a dishwasher. I can't remember which job I had when I ordered it. It might have been the dishwasher because I know that was close to my parents' house, but uh, uh, it might have been Chuck E. Cheese. So it was one of those. Either way, it was a terrible job. But I did it solely so I could make enough money to start buying toys on eBay and stuff like, you know, some kids, you know, <laughs> at that time, they're like, I want to pay for a car. I want to buy, you know, I don't know, cigarettes or something like whatever cool kids do. I wasn't a cool kid. I wanted to buy toys on eBay. So <laughs> that's what I did. Hey man, yeah. I, I, I respect that. Like you, you wanted it and you, you worked for it and you got it. Like, I, yeah. I think that's a great story too. This is why it's such a toy that makes me happy. And I've kept it so long. Like even when I sold my collection, I'm like, this is not going, you know, there's certain figures that, just do not leave like this uh you know all the cassettes obviously you know stuff like that my first transformers like the gold bug that i went up like that that figure will never leave my collection because that's something it was a gift from my sister that that was a true story like i actually did sneak in and look at my christmas presents for gold bug and uh i found out that's what she got me and still to this day, like when she's over with her kids or whatever, and she sees it and it's it's I let everybody play with that gold bug because it, it's so durable for something so small and so old. Uh, like her my nephews all play with it. My kids play with it. And, she, you know, she goes, oh, that's the one that you you peeked at your Christmas presents, you little shit. And I'm like, yeah, I did. You know, stuff like that is just great. And I will never get rid of these figures. I remember I had a. Original Fortress Maximus, but it was only like the shell of him, basically. Like he had no accessories. The only accessory he had was Cerebros, and Cerebros didn't even have Spike. So like I had the head at least. But uh, like I remember I traded some friend like uh, oodles of like 
I think like Toy Biz Marvel figures and other Transformers for him because my friend was like, uh, I, he was like, oh, I have a Metroplex, and I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, he's giant. And I had known at that point that Metroplex was not giant. Like the no. toy, original <laughs> toy was tiny. I was like, I don't think you have him and he was like i do man and like i was like no metroplex he was like trying to like show me how big it was and i was like no metroplex isn't that big and he was like, good well it has to be it has it has an autobot symbol and it turns into like a city and i'm like it maybe i was like maybe you have fortress maximus like i don't know like bring it to me so like he went home and this was like before any like i think i was like 14 or 13 or 14 and like you know he didn't have a car or anything i think he had a bike so he went home and he he biked back, like, holding, like, Fortress Maximus on his bike. And he came back and he was like, see? <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah, that's Fortress Maximus. And he, he was like, well, do you still want it? And I was like, hell yeah, I want it. So, like, yeah, I traded, like, probably, like, ten figures to him. And I got, like, an incomplete, like, you know, weaponless Fortress Maximus with just Cerebros. Totally. And then, yeah, like, and he was, you know, he stood around in my room for years. And then, like, maybe ten or fifteen years later... I was like, you know what, he's, uh, you know what, I can get rid of this. And I, I think I took it to like Toy Vault or, yeah, I think it was like Lee's collectibles at that time. Or, um, and like, I think they were like, oh, we'll give you like 25 bucks for this. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Like, and that's, uh, yeah, I got rid of it. But so I kind of. One of the first times I went there, there was like three Fortress Maximuses sitting behind the counter in various stages of incompleteness or beat up. <laughs> One of those might have been yours. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, gonna say maybe maybe it was. But I was drooling I over and wanted. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I probably could have gotten a lot more for it, but I was like, I, this is just too big and it's too broken and too yeah, like you know, if I ever got another one, I would buy a new one probably. But I'll be buried yeah. with mine. <laughs> I will never be parted with mine. I just like the colors on this one. Like, I mean, I know there's very there's several versions. You know, there's Grand Max. Maximus, there's Fortress Maximus, you know, several different color options. But to me, like Brave Maximus, it like it's it's almost G two ish in its colors, like so gaudy. I love it. It's just my favorite version of him. Yeah, that is that is a good color scheme for him. Like I never liked um, who's the other one that was in Victory? Like Grand Maximus, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the red one. Like I never really liked that color scheme, but like this this one was very good very cool and i always thought it was awesome on like robots in disguise like when he first showed up and like you know i was kind of like oh cool like they're animating him with like modern animation like at the time like you know it looked like a lot cooler than like you know some of the bad like headmasters like sub like uh, you know bad uh bootlegs that i had seen so <laughs> you guys are making me wonder how much the fans toys version is going to end up being now like i don't even want to imagine it i mean i mean i thought it was going to be expensive like two or three years ago when they first talked about it and now i'm like it still hasn't come out yet i'm like dude it must be like because before i was like thinking oh that must be like two grand or something and now i'm like what if it's like fucking three point you know what i mean like like i feel i feel like it's going to be more than that now anyway <sighs> those like the, the third-party stuff, like, I, I dabble in third-party, but it's insane how much some of those things cost. But then when you actually hold them, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, there's a lot of die-cast in here. It feels like quality when you compare it to something like that Hasbro puts out. 
you know, they're made for mass market. So right, it doesn't right. always feel like quality. Sometimes, most of the time, it's, but sometimes you pick them up and like, this is very light. There's a lot of hollowness in this. But when I pick up like ZDEF, I'm like, holy, or D- I don't remember what he's called. The, the Death Saurus. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, I pick that thing up. I'm like, wow, you could kill somebody with this. Like, you really could. He's so heavy <laughs> compared to. And no, there's no safety standards either. It's not like... at all. No. Like I have I have a third party Thunderwing. I think it's called Gigastorm and uh it's like his wings are so sharp. I've almost like stabbed myself with them. Like I <laughs> like I can't transform him anymore cuz I'm afraid I'll slice myself. Like Yeah, some of them are just like the way the way they become I'm like oh these little flappy panels and I walk away and I'm like I should be bleeding. Like I feel like I should be bleeding after touching this figure. There's so many little uh sharp edges and stuff that you got to get your fingernails in to flip open a tiny little panel and if you miss it you break the whole toy when you try to transform it without flipping that one little spot so but they look amazing yeah i think that's why i i get them in robot mode or whatever mode is my preferred mode the one time and then i'm done that's it like but i mean i i enjoy the ones i have and everything you you got that tempo thing right the i did yes so i almost you, picked that for the show <laughs> what what did i mean are you happy with that like what I'm I, very I was, happy with I was thinking maybe i'd get that but i haven't pulled the trigger yet i will probably never transform it again like i got it out of cassette mode because mm-hmm. the the way it transforms it's incredibly clever but it's kind of cringy because you have to fold two sections two different ways at the same exact mm. time and if you don't do it just right it feels like it's going to snap in half uh, but once you get it into its lion mode it's just amazing to me and i'm just looking at thinking i can't believe no one's thought to do this this way before like getting almost folding the entire cassette in a completely different way than you normally would like steel jaw typically will the head will come out one end like even on uh, i think the kfc figure they did that where it just pops out the corner and that's where the head is and hopefully the mane looks you know vaguely like a lion mane with cassette reels stuck in it uh but this thing like it manages to make the lion mane a lot thicker like in the cartoon and the way it does it is incredibly clever but I have no desire to ever transform it again. I probably will not do an episode on that thing because I don't want to transform it. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, a, I feel like a lot of like the modern, like cassette, like transformations are like origami now or something like, yeah. you know, they, yeah, they fold it out like outward instead of like parallel side to side. There's some cool stuff like the Dr. Wu's cassettes are really cool and those are pretty clever and they manage to stay sturdy. Like, uh, I have the, um, what is it? I don't remember the funky names they come up with, but basically it's Grand Slam and Rain Dance. And, uh, you know, those two are solid as a rock. You know, you put them all together and they got all the weapons and everything like that. And he fits in the Kingdom Blaster. And I think it's awesome. And, but when I compare it to like uh, KFC's version from a few years back, that thing is so flimsy you just look at it funny and you know things pop off of it so it just varies which you know you gotta find that's what's neat about the third party market is you can just kind of somebody's doing something if you wait long enough and you can get a variation that you're gonna like so zach can you give us a little sneak peek of like upcoming episodes like i'm kind of curious like what kind of uh 
non-transformer stuff you may have in store? Non-transformer stuff. So right now I'm doing a three-parter. It's I can say what it is because uh, nobody watches this stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm doing uh, a three-parter on the Haslab Victory Saber. And I will say it is... I am very proud of the animations I'm doing right now. So <laughs> I, I, I hope people watch this one because I'm putting a lot of time and effort into the animation for these uh, these figures. But I'm doing a three-parter because... First one's coming out in on Wednesday for Star Saber. Then I'm going to do one on Victory Leo. I'm finishing that up, and then I'll do a combined episode because you know you got to milk this stuff, and you know when you're low on ideas, you have to <laughs> make it last as long as possible. Uh, but I would like to take a break from Transformers after I do that. Finish the three-parter. I so what did I have planned for non-trans? Oh, I have a list on my computer. I can look at. I, I kind of maybe you might have some Doctor Who related stuff, or is that not the case? I don't have a lot of Doctor Who toys. Mm. That's something I would like to do, do something with Doctor Who at some point, because I, I love Doctor Who, but I don't have a lot of Doctor Who toys. Like, I have a sonic screwdriver somewhere, but I don't think I could do a full episode on that. But And I've, I've been trying to find a decent TARDIS to have, but I just haven't found one that's in a price range that I want and of an era that, you know, because that's the problem with all those, like the flight control TARDISes and yeah. stuff like that. You got to find one for your doctor. It's like, okay, I don't mind the 13th doctor, but I don't want her TARDIS. I want, you know, if I'm going to buy a TARDIS, I want a TARDIS that represents a doctor that is, you know, my doctor. And because you can see inside too, and I want to see the interior that I want to see. So I'm still looking around for that. I do want to do, I have an episode, I'm still writing it on Lego for uh, specifically on Mtron and Blacktron from the 90s, if you guys remember those sets. He's dead. He's immobilized. got a mega core. Magnetizer. Rocket boosted power pack. He's a Lego maniac. Got a radical shield protector on his awesome vector. He's based out. That's a fact. He's a Lego maniac. He's a galactic equalizer in his particle ionizer. Three cool sets. He's totally whacked. He's a Lego maniac. Lego Mtron Collection. Each set sold separately from Lego. Spaced out! Max back! Blacktron Lego Maniac! Finds his way through cosmic night! Guided by his landing light! Tires roll! He's got the knack! Blacktron Lego Maniac! Plays a trail through outer space! This dude saved the human race! Mac! Mac! Blacktron Lego Maniac! The Blacktron Collection. New from Lego. Maybe not. And I think I'll dabble in some of uh, the classic space as well. But I have that coming up. And I'm also writing one on the Savi's Workshop lightsabers. Because hmm. uh, I have two of those. So that, that's what I have for non-Transformers. Okay. Whenever it pops up whenever it pops up on Facebook or in my like YouTube feed, I'm like, oh, good. Like, that'll, like, you know, it's it's funny to say, but it's like, that'll kill three minutes. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want them to be long episodes. So not if you know your your listeners you know decide they want to uh, watch something. These are not long episodes. I do not spend ten minutes pontificating and talking about you know the the history behind you know like the when you look up a recipe online, they got to give you forty pages of the history behind you know this cocktail that you want to make or something. It's like just give me the damn recipe. Uh, <laughs> I just go you know try to talk about why this toy means something to me just a little bit and show some animation of the toy hopefully if it's a transformer showing it transform in animated form 
uh, that's fun to do, but I can't always do it because like um, the you know the the afterburner and windbreaker video I just put out, those toys do not lend themselves to animating much, and the figures that I have are very very loose, so I just had to do it by hand on that one. You know, the most I animated in that episode was their arms going up and down just to show how badly they don't articulate. Yeah, I do appreciate that personal touch because like. I don't know. Most of the time when I watch most like toy reviewers, like I just kind of like skip through all the, all their reviews because they spend so much like damn time on like the same thing. Like, you know, it's like, look at this elbow joint, like, and it goes like this and it goes like that. And then the paint is like that. And I'm like, oh, I think your stuff is a lot more interesting. Well, it also it also, you know, cleans up what I would call all the fat and all the clickbait and all the advertising and all the, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, like your, your reviews are very succinct. They're very personal. They have a nice, you know, kind of heartfelt touch to, you know, why you're choosing that particular toy and the fact that they're, you know, really bite-sized, I think helps probably because, because that, you know, it's almost like, if, if you want and you're watching them in real time, you get excited and giddy when a new one comes up. Or if you haven't watched them in a little while, you could almost spend, you know, a 15 minute break watching like two or three in a row. And, and you just feel like super happy you got, you know, something to, to check out during that break or whatever. I was going to say it. you watch them while you're on the toilet. No, 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 no. I, um, <laughs> I actually I, I watched a lot of them while while I was like on my lunch break at work like like when when it was raining here really hard and I couldn't take my you know normally I go for a walk you know like when when it's my lunch break or whatever but when it was raining really bad here and everything was flooding I I, I watched like a bunch of them in a row you know because I could just put on a headset and you know kind of close my office door like I'm you know eating lunch or whatever but I I was just watching you know, videos and stuff like that. And it was, it was something nice to pass the time when everything was cold and wet and miserable or whatever. So I, I, I dug it. I liked it a lot. Nice. I appreciate that. Did you, did you escape the star saber madness? Like, it sounds like if you're using it as a toy that makes you happy, I'm imagining it made you happy. So I imagine you didn't have any of the like QC issues that people were talking yeah i i didn't have any qc issues with my copy there's like a couple spots where like you know the paint could have been a little bit better but there's nothing wrong with my copy um there was one loose joint on saber himself the the smaller piece of star saber but it luckily it was held in with a screw and i just tightened the screw and it was fine cool no that's good i mean i I, the, the only thing i paid attention to was people kept seeming to say that like there were copies of it where I don't know, like that, that thing for merging the two figures into one, like they, they had the same, I don't know if it was like the same right panel or the same left panel, but because they weren't different, it didn't have the right, you know, inserts to, to make that combination possible or something. And I was like, oh, that's too bad that, you know, some of those, yeah. you know, got afflicted with that or whatever, but I'm glad it, it is too bad, but yeah. I'm, I am glad that mine didn't have yeah. Any- major issues um i I would have been upset because and that is something i mean spoilers i guess i go into with the victory leo portion of it is there's definitely pieces of this that i'm disappointed in and it's stuff that 
doesn't it wouldn't normally bother me like in a retail release transformer from hasbro like i get it concessions are going to be made you know there's going to be some hollow parts there's going to be parts that you know they didn't bother painting it or whatever because they have to save money somewhere to make it cost effective i get it i'm not going to hold hasbro to the same standard as like a third party who's going to you know paint every single piece of you know the whole thing they're going to use die cast they're going to you know there's no gaps there's nothing they're going to make it as perfect as possible and charge you through the nose for it because you know it's a premium product so when i look at something like like kingdom blaster for example and he's got some you know i would like his arms to have you know flaps on them to cover up his hands and stuff like that but i get that he's not going to have those you know it's it's a cost saving measure although i did buy gap fillers for him but when I look at something like this, this is a crowdfunded product. This was made specifically that collectors are going to go for it. Uh, so I don't accept those concessions as readily. So I do point that kind of stuff out, but I still want to talk about these things in a positive light. Yeah. If I step back and I like, you know, I'm still playing with the toy and I'm having fun with it. And I look at the shelf and I smile. Then it is a toy that makes me happy. So, yeah. If I didn't like this thing, I wouldn't be bothering putting as much effort into an episode, three episodes as I am. Yeah, of course, of course. And and Mike, is your is your Star Saber already in storage, or does it make you happy and it's not in storage? <laughs> I, I haven't gotten a chance to really fiddle with it, but yeah, it, it's pretty good. It doesn't have any of the QC problems, cool. and yeah, like I like cool. it so far. Did you guys? Did you guys back the? I mean, I I, I was wondering, especially for Zach, because we talked about the third party version. But did did either of you guys back the the Haslab Deathsaurus? I did. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. Like, I if I ever got a version, I would probably get that one Zach got, like the the okay. uh, what was it like the, uh, what the MMC is that what it was? yeah the MMC one yeah because yeah, I like his IDW design mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. so okay. I wasn't going to because I this thing arrived, you know, a month or so before they even announced the HasLab. And I'm like, this is it. I'm going to have a Deathsaurus to go against my HasLab Star Saber when he arrives. And I prefer the IDW design. I love that head sculpt. I love those skeletal wings and stuff like that. But when I saw the HasLab version and, you know, they held it up against the HasLab Star Saber, I was like... I got to have this too. Like, especially the throne and everything. I'm like, I just want this because it's, it's a cartoon accurate stars, uh, death Zaris. I can, I, I, I want this, you know, the, th- the throne was pretty sweet. Yeah. Like that was the only thing I kind of regretted. I was like, Oh man, like that, that throne would have been nice to have, but. And it'll be nice. Cause I probably will never do like an episode on the MMC one, but I could definitely see myself if that toy ends up being good. Uh, doing something on uh, the Haslab Deathsaurus. Hmm. And I want to support the idea that, I mean, this is a very expensive thing to throw my money on to support, but I want to support the idea of Hasbro branching out because one thing I've hated over like the last decade or so is that they solely focus on G1. They solely focus on, you know, especially season one of G1 yeah. and season two. I want them to branch out. That's why I'm so happy when I see things like Kingdom Rodimus and Goldbug, and, you know, Star Saber. Go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry. I said Tarn and Lyle Convoy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 Legacy's been great because they're pulling from so many different sources mm-hmm. and branching out. Like, even the Armada stuff is becoming 
I hate to say it, a little nostalgic. Like, you know, you look at the Armada designs <laughs> in a nice articulated form. You're like, you know what? That wasn't a bad design. It just wasn't the toy for me back in 2003. You oh. know, it's just, I'm I'm happy to see Armada Starscream. He was a highlight. I don't own it yet, but, you know, that's something I'm happy to see. And I'm happy to see that, you know, people who were fans of these things are getting a chance to, like, now their stuff is finally at the point where it's nostalgic and they're going to revisit it again. And it's just cool to see them pull from sources that we and get figures that we never saw before, like Tarn. Uh, we don't get a lot of, you know, Lyo convoys over here. We don't get, you know, a lot of the Japanese characters. So I hope they branch out more. One of the figures I was thinking of doing instead of um, Fortress Maximus was um, I had the Platinum edition of uh, Leo Kaiser uh, from the Combiner Wars line repaint that they did. Um, I almost picked that instead of Fortress Maximus, but I just decided that our Brave Maximus was the you know a cooler choice and <laughs> would have some impact if I put that on screen and I had a better story behind it. But that's the kind of stuff I want to see Hasbro do more of is just branch out and give us more from, you know, different eras. Give us a Machine Wars reference. Like, do something, like, that's unexpected. We, we've been, like, revisiting, like, Armada and Energon recently. Like, I know. Doing, like, Dreamwave <laughs> comics, yeah. And, like, yeah, I was kind of, like, looking at that third party, like, Armada Prime and Gatron, and I was kind of like, man, those look pretty good. Like, maybe it's just because I've just been, you know, revisiting it recently. But those, I was like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say no to those, like, like, like even even like I know they did one they they've got a third party of Energon Prime too and I'm like man like that that like looks like even as like base robot like he's not a he's not a Fatimus Prime yeah, like yeah. looks I was like wow they managed it like that's kind of cool like I was so close to and I haven't decided yet but it's very it would be a very expensive gift but I was very much contemplating buying that Energon Prime that third party one and sending it to my friend Devin who voiced Energon in our <laughs> primetime skit. Because uh, he's still, like, he and I still, you know, talk. We're, we're still good friends. And sometimes I think, like, it would be funny to send him this as a joke. But it would be a very funny and very expensive joke to send I still hear his voice going <laughs> there in primetime. Super mode? Yeah, there's a lot of things about that. that it still disappoints me that we never finished the third one. But it's fine. Now I got this project. Cool. So why why don't you take a minute? Like I mean, just tell everybody where they can find you. Like what the the specific channel is, and we'll we'll put all that in the show notes and everything. But just go ahead and tell people, I guess, where they can find you. Uh, I'm not doing any crazy. Uh, I'm like a, not on Twitter or Instagram or anything. So if you want to find the show, it's literally just go on YouTube and look up this toy makes me happy. That's all you got to do. I'm keeping it simple with this project. I don't want to go on all the different social medias, although I am thinking about Instagram because I've heard that shorts are a thing <laughs> on YouTube and Instagram and stuff. Like, apparently that's... Zach, come on, you, Zach. <laughs> you don't even have a Patreon where you can milk money from people for this? No, come be, on. Be, be an influencer. Go on I got nothing. Instagram. I'm just doing this for fun. You know, if you want to watch it, great. People like it, awesome. If nobody does, you know what? That's okay too. <laughs> well, we all we all think it's pretty awesome. So that's Thank you. that's uh, I think all of us have enjoyed watching the videos, and we give it a strong recommend to everybody, all all fifty people that are listening to us at the moment. <laughs> 
you know, so. I, I don't know. I still think your show could use more nudity, Zach. <laughs> you know, I'm going to find, like, a figure that you can take the clothes off of and put that on there. Just read, like, I'll do a This Toy Makes Me Happy After Dark episode. <laughs> 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 or maybe that, that'll be when I uh, bust out, like, the different RCs or something. I don't know. <laughs> As the, the clothes come off. I was thinking of doing one for uh, the Bumblebee movie RC because I like that figure, but I, mean, I don't know. I just pick stuff that has a story behind it or something. Well, Fanholes has a bizarro Patreon. We pay people to listen to us. This is news to me. This is news to me. You've been taking where, money out of my account? What? Yes. Where do you think those 50 people who listen to us come from? <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right. All right, well, if you guys have any other comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of the proper episodes, which this is one of, you can direct download them all on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We can be found on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music, so you can stream us all there. And we are on social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And be sure to go to YouTube and check out This Toy Makes Me Happy. And until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Super Mode. Hey, it's Mike. Make sure to uh, sign up for our Bizarro Patreon and uh, I'll give you money. This is Justin, signing off. This is Zach. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for being on. One of these days, I, we got to do another, yet another, like, commercials episode and have you on again, because those are always fun. Those are, the, that was the most fun I had doing that episode. <laughs> and I still have, um, what's it, I'm writing a script for uh, G-Axis, actually. And oh, sweet. Like, oh, I have to put in, like, I'm going to figure out how to cut in some of the G2 commercials for that. Talking about <laughs> G2, because I, I love Generation 2. There's a lot of stuff in here that, like, future episodes will have more Generation 2 stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that was, like, you know, I that was probably the apex of my, like, Transformers, like, you know, I don't know, like, not not the peak, but, like, the, like, when I was like, yeah, I'm going to love this for the rest of my life, probably. Like, I mean, Beast Wars made me the biggest fan of the franchise overall. Yeah, and that, like, that was just, like... That yeah. was the one that like drew me as like, okay, this is this is a lifetime thing now. But Generation 2, like, looking back on it, was such a fine because it was a chance to get old and new. It was a really cool mix. I love that stuff. R.I.D. 2 was really good because it was old and new all mixed together. Like, I never had G1 Bruticus, so to get Ruination was awesome, 
you know, to collect them all and go through all that and stuff. It was good times. Yeah. I, I just liked uh, the, like, you know, getting, like, Japanese toys, American, like, shelves, like, like the, the, that was, like, right around the same time as that Gundam figure came out. So, like, yeah. it was kind of like, oh, cool, like, we're finally getting all this, like, you know, that was back when we were, like, you know, when I was, like, a snob or something where I was, like, everything's better when it comes from Japan, like, you know, so, <laughs> you know. Everyone was like that. Like all their TV and all their anime is better than our cartoons. And it's interesting because, like, I'll still think of, um, especially when uh, Transformers Cybertron was out, and you know, we used to on Bot Talk they would post it. You could download the the Japanese what was it called Galaxy Force because it would come out earlier than Cybertron. So we were downloading Galaxy Force. So I'm like, this is the great, such a great show. I'm reading subtitles, but it's such a great show. And then you watch it, and I'm like, I'll watch it on Cybertron because I think this one's going to be great. And I watch Cybertron, I'm like, wow, this is garbage. And just <laughs> dubbing it into English somehow takes away the awesomeness of it. Like, you know, everything in a Japanese, when you watch it, the anime version of it, it sounds epic. It sounds, you know, uh, emotional and stuff like that, and then you get this soulless English dub that just kills it on you. Yeah, even though I'm watching the same thing. A lot of those guys, like, and I know, like Gary Chalk always said, like, oh, I never really had a good time working on like Armada through Cybertron because it was like, you know, just lip flap matching and stuff. So I never got to like act and shit. But yeah, I think uh, was it Scott McNeil? He called it the dark years. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I I do miss those though. Like e- even like the soulless dubs of those are better than some of the shit we've gotten lately. So it's true. I'll take I'll take those over like the Netflix stuff. So I mean, like the the you know uh, the Kingdom and Earthrise and all that. Like I know, like you know, I haven't watched it, but I know, like you know, people seem to like Earth uh, Earth Spark. I liked whatever, it, but yeah. I watched it and it was fun. It was it reminded me a lot of Cyberverse. It was just fun. And there was enough for me to get into it. My daughter got into it. Like she was watching it with me. She loved Twitch and Thrash. Um, you know, the the new characters. Um, but I got to watch it and like really appreciate like the dynamic to, between Optus and Megatron, like discussing this after war um world that they live in. Like, is it okay to incarcerate the Decepticons? Like it was kind of interesting, like more thought-provoking than I expected it to be because uh, I really thought it was just going to be this super kiddie show. Uh, but it was nice that, you know, my daughter, who is super obsessed, obsessed with Power Rangers right now, took a minute out of her day to watch this with me, and she really enjoyed it. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, really maybe I'll... Cyberverse, so... Yeah, like, I loved Cyberverse, yeah. So, like, in that, you know, that was kind of, like... Uh, like you know the voice acting in that isn't like terrible but like it's like you know everything nowadays is like you know ADHD sort of like fast paced shit so like it's it's hard to like you know get in emotionally involved in stuff sometimes but yeah like three minute play review videos <laughs> yeah no, uh-huh. apparently are too long and that's why you have to do youtube They're shorts too, now yep, uh-huh. <laughs> you got to do yeah like it has to be less than 30 seconds <laughs> my friends are all telling me like you got to do the shorts i'm like why like these are already really short videos why would i do youtube shorts and I, I did one on my old channel 
and it's got like 12,000 views. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? <laughs> okay, I guess I have to figure out a way to do that. <laughs> I think it went to one of my nephews and then my mother probably threw it out because she hated that I liked Power Rangers for some reason. Like my mother hated it. Mm. Um, but she was like, I'll never buy you any of those toys. So that was another <laughs> one. Like I had to save like all my money just to get the Thunder Zords. Um, mm. But when this Zord Ascension project came out, I'm like, you know what? It's an articulated Megazord. It's got ankle tilts and stuff like that. Like this will be my Megazord. Like I'm going to get this. But then I look at the new, the Dragon Zord to go with it. And I'm like, I don't, it looks cheap. I don't want that. Like, it just doesn't look right. It looks like it would fall apart, like it's a knockoff. And the only way I'd buy it is if they confirmed that they were going to do Titanus. I doubt they'll do it. I, I never got any of the Dino Zords, but I, I did get, like, for that was like a great Christmas. Like, for one Christmas, I got all of the Thunder Zords. Like, someone got me the Red Dragon, then the other four came in a different set. Then someone got me the White Tiger, and then someone got me, like, Tor. So I got, like, all of them in one oh, shot. God, all of them, wow. <laughs> yeah. My mom hated the X-Files, she, and she hated me watching it. So when the movie was coming out, I remember she was like, I'm I'm not taking you to see that. So I, like, got to go, you know, a friend of mine, he took uh, he took me. But um, they had uh, McFarlane put out action figures. And I think Scully came with, like, a transparent body on a oh, gurney. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so, like, I had my display set up. I had, like, you know, the caveman and the alien, and then Mulder and Scully. And then behind Scully was, like, the body on the gurney. And my mom saw that and she was like, What is this? It's a body on a gurney, and you can see it's guts. Get this out of my house. And she was, like, completely disgusted. So I had to, like, take that down and, like, put it, hide it away in a box. 